0: Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, and back without my bestie, Nikki, who's out having a baby, and we're all excited. Uh, Nikki will be back uh, very soon to give you guys her whole birthing story and tell us about this amazing little human that she brought into the world and can't wait for you guys to hear the whole thing. But until then, you're stuck with me. Uh, so before I get on to the show, uh, I want to talk about our sponsor for this week, which is UCAN. You guys have heard me talk about UCAN several times. It's a um, an energy bar or drink or even um, uh, we call them the squeezies or like kind of like a gel uh, that I take before workouts. And basically what it is, is it's a, um, a carbohydrate or a super starch. And so it's a, a complex carbohydrate that allows me to work out and reduce fatigue without having any spikes or crashes. I can literally tell the difference between a workout when I use this and when I don't doesn't make me stronger and faster because at my age that's darn near impossible but i can just i can really tell the difference in my blood sugar level and how i feel in you know a normal 20 minute workout when i would start hitting the wall when i take Ucan, i feel like i can go 40 60 minutes uh, not easy but i can certainly work my way through that and not feel like i'm going to crash at any point and stuff tastes great they have uh, the little squeezy gel packs that i love Uh, And those are the ones I primarily go to, but the little energy bars are great. I use those actually when I'm going to work often to help me get through and keep my energy levels high, as well as uh, different drinks. So, And they have granola and a bunch of other products. So I'd really encourage you guys to check out UCAN. You can find them on their website, which is UCAN.co, so U-C-A-N dot C-O, uh, and when you go there, if you use the code WADS W-O-D-S, you'll save 20% on your first order. So big recommendation for me. I love this stuff. So check it out. So with that, uh, today's show was recorded at the CrossFit Games. Um, I had a chance to sit down with uh, Kelly Starrett from the Supple Leopard or now the Ready State. Uh, you guys have heard Kelly on here before, but we just had a chance to sit down and and have a, a really fun conversation right there in the middle of Vendor Village so you're going to hear a lot of background noise and uh, we just had a great time Kelly's a fun dude so I think you guys will enjoy it and off to the show Alright, welcome back to Make Pods Great Again the special edition here at the CrossFit Games the supple leopard himself
1: Fitting in this van, it's, it's good to be supple
0: Getting us both in this van is impressive <laughs>
1: It's a lot. I think we're doing wheelies now
0: People have been looking at me, getting people in this van, wondering what the hell I'm doing back here. Well,
1: you can actually—it's good on the other side because I just imagined little faces pressed up against the glass, screaming <laughs> silently.
0: <laughs> yeah, when they told, when I talked to Adam, he was like, "Hey, I've got this van. You can come, you know, work out. You can put your podcast in." It didn't even—I can't even hear the term "van." i was just—I just I was like, all right, he's got a space. And then I get here and I'm like, "Holy shit! You weren't kidding. You got an actual paneled van. Like, this is creepy." It's like a little creepy,
1: and also kind of awesome. Like kind of awesome, like, it's kind of awesome.
0: I know. I feel like there should be a bed back here or something. Like, oh, seventies music. So um. I'm a
1: used to be a professional kayaker. So the number of days spent in a van was very high.
0: Professional kayaker. Why did I know this? Oh. Shit, what well, you don't know about me? You've done everything. Did you know I wanted to be a dancer? I did not know you wanted to be a dancer.
1: No, I, was, I really was a professional kayaker.
0: How do you get into professional kayaking?
1: Uh, it's a good question. And um, if you ever like to stand in a shower and rip up $20 bills, that's a good way <laughs> to do it. Cold shower. I grew up kayaking in Germany and then uh, went to the University of Colorado Boulder. And through the CU Kayak Club, we it was really the sort of emergent, nascent development of this extreme movement in the 90s. You know, I mean, there was kind of, like, you know, things were starting to, like, Red Bull wasn't a thing yet. and like, But you could start to do dangerous things, and people would video camera it, and there'd be money involved. And we started racing, and we spent all our... I mean, I was obsessed with kayaking. If you think I'm obsessed with, uh, like, human performance and stretching, you should see me obsess about kayaking. So I was obsessed with kayaking, and then... um uh, again, we started just pushing the boundaries because there were these local extreme races where you could make $300 and risk your life, and it was pretty sweet. And that's a lot of money when you're you know, a sophomore junior in college. And then uh, I joined the U.S. canoe and kayak team in Slalom. You've probably seen that in the Olympics right now.
0: You're not the first person probably even in this room to risk their life for $300. Bucks around <laughs> I think
1: people – that's a really good point. I mean, just putting on knee sleeves for free, I mean, that could risk your life.
0: You know? Oh, yeah. These guys – I was looking around this weekend thinking about how, and I don't mean this offensively, but just how little money most CrossFitters make. Oh no, no, that, no I, th- that,
1: I, I think that that's not offensively at all. I think that um, what we're, if we're going to create a sustainable thing, we can't coast on the culture, the fumes of the culture. We need to create a sustainable model where athletes who are at the top, the UFC does a job where like, if you're adopted, you know, they'll pay you a base salary or at least let's have some health insurance so that our athletes can actually train full-time and we can elevate the thing. There's sort of a false amateurism. And, you know, I have a handful, seven athletes at the Olympics right now, and um, I work in so many different sports, but no one works harder than CrossFitters. The The density of the training that our elite CrossFitters are doing, like Haley, or like, I don't think people understand that it's as high as any other sport in the world. To win a CrossFit Games is as rare as to win the UFC or win an uh, elite mountain bike race. It's that hard. So, you know, if we're going to if that's what's required now at the top, we need to think differently about what that looks like and how we can better support athletes to do that. Well, yeah. Because you're absolutely right.
0: Well, and they are risk, you know, it's not it's not an undersell to say they're risking their lives for 300 bucks sometimes.
1: I it's interesting um to see, you know, I, I don't You're absolutely right. You know, the data is still out around if we cut these athletes in half and count the rings, what the long-term cost is to go this hard. Um, You know, I'm interested to see what happens with some of our young people coming through because it's an experiment we've just seen the first generation of teens who've grown up and there's always been CrossFit in their life, you know, and um, we're starting to see that now and, you know, I don't necessarily think it's dangerous, but... We need to make sure that we're, like, are you growing? Are you, because, I mean, there's gymnasts, there's, there's predi- you know, there are, is precedent for this. Are you getting your period? Are you thrashing your thyroid? There's just some things we need to make sure because of the intensity and the volume for a growing body is different than for Rich Froning.
0: Are, are you saying CrossFit's dangerous to me because I've never gotten my period? Because it could be.
1: Uh, you know, your, <laughs> it did cost you your hair and definitely it your did. sense of ego. I mean, your sense of. Self-satisfaction. I, there, there are very few things where you can show up and be like, today I'm just going to fall on my face again. And I'm going to do it with my friends watching.
0: Yeah, CrossFit's an interesting thing to me that way. I was just talking to uh, a kid about it, that you can't beat it. You cannot beat CrossFit. No. It, it continues. And it's why I do it, truthfully. It's the only thing in my life I've never, I hate to say, I've never been successful at it. No. Like, I've gotten no. better. No, no, I understand. But I cannot beat it.
1: Extrapolate that out, because I think that's a really great sort of operational definition, operational set of parameters, um, can you win your health? Uh,
0: definitely not mine. No. <laughs> can,
1: can you win business? Can you right. win a marriage? Right? Can you win friendships? And what you're seeing is that actually that's the infinite game. That's what's right. really interesting about this is that especially if at some point – I mean, you sometimes write about this on the, on the meme side. I don't know, the satire side, right. you, this little thing you do, but um, you're not going to be continually faster and stronger. So what then? Are you, is it a failure? Is it a failed experiment? Well, you can always become more skilled and better, but that, just because your number doesn't, you can become more coordinated and efficient, but at some point, you're going to lose, cross, you're going to be 80 and you're going to be like, your friend time sucks. And that's you're just going to have to deal with that.
0: Well, my frantime has always sucked, but I am getting to that point now. Like, I've done this for 10 years. I'm 50. I'll be 51 in a week. And um, I'm starting to feel myself come over the crest a little bit. You know, like, I kept really good notes early on. So, I've been – recently, I've been going back to workouts I did 10 years ago and redoing them just to see how much I can destroy them by. And it's a lot. And that, that's not to brag. It's just after 10 years, you should be able to do that it's, to some you're degree. You're just
1: a different athlete.
0: Yeah, a different person. But – when I do workouts now that I did three years ago, far different. And some of those I've gotten still getting better at. Others I'm getting worse. You know, and I hate to use the term worse. Even I'm just getting slower. D- yeah, maybe.
1: different. Um, let's call it age appropriate. I think that's a that's a nice neutral term. Um, <clears throat> for Juliet and I, who've been in CrossFit for a long time, two thousand four. Um, we definitely, there was a switch that be- was, I think, unconscious then became conscious about playing for durability. If you are over the age of 35 and you don't leave the gym feeling better, you really need to ask, what the fuck are you doing right. with your life? Because, dude, I, I can go out and drink and drive and burn it down, eat all the f- pizza. That's the equivalent. And you can't, you can't gui- wrap that in the guise of health, Right. What we have is a, a generation of people that came out of the just-do-it model where we created this thing called plausible deniability, which is, look how hard I worked. So it's not my fault I got hurt because I just worked so hard. And right. So you can always point to your effort. Look at my effort. I'm so, I'm so good. And right now, you need to be playing for durability. And you can't just say, well, my physiology is better. It's, that's not how it works. And I'll tell you what. I mean, just go ahead and you know sensitize your shoulder, sensitize your hip, you know, don't you know don't have sex with your partner because you've tweaked your back for a week let me know if that's a good trade off for you and what you're going to see is well maybe i could warm up a little more or you know like like there's a couple rules i have as a masters now cuz i'm we went to high school together i'm turned 48 i don't take anything out of a rack anymore if i can't clean it i can't squat it i can't jerk it like it has to come to the ground so all back i'm limited and second except for deadlifting I don't, um, I do all of my lifting wrapped around in a couplet with some cardio. So I'm always challenging my strength with a little cardio respiratory demand. So just minute on, minute off. And I still press a heavy double or a heavy triple or something like that. But I'm always rate limited by breathing hard a little bit. And it also means that I, like, for example, one of my f- my favorite workout in the world, like Kelly, name one workout you do. I deadlift through 15 every 30 seconds for 25 or 30 minutes, depending on time. Sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes go more, right? And I do singles, single, 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 single. I never tap and go deadlift because it's out of position. It's not worth it. But I practice setting up and organizing. So I really have just changed. I pull some speed out. There are some things I'm really strict on because I want to go out and actually do sports, and my sport isn't CrossFit anymore.
0: So funny that you say that because i recently i 've taken kind of the exact same tact for myself as I've, as i 'm getting older i 'm trying to find ways to continue to lift heavy without destroying myself and so like an example of that i i 'll do uh, fifteen ten of fifteen ski erg ten strict dumbbell presses oh and then all day and then five four three two one squat cleans so it 'll be fifteen. 10, 5, 15, 10, 4, 15, 10, 3, 2, 1, with that weight increasing. But by the time I get to one, my heart rate's so high, I know that single lift is not going to be a one rep max. It's going to be one rep at 70%.
1: But the associated relative fatigue load, that's a heavy load. Right. So, you know, I think one of the things that we can do is, you know, again, in my brain, I'm always trying to understand how things relate. And one of the things that I... I think is lost in CrossFit is that one of the ways that we can challenge, you know, your position isn't just with load. So if you're doing pull-ups and then you put on five pounds of muscle and your pull-ups stay the same, you're actually way stronger, right? That's what you just did. That's super cool. But we have a hard time wrapping our heads around, well, I was able to do this load under this heart rate or this metabolic demand. So ultimately when we're CrossFit is – Here's a position that we're going to challenge that position with load, speed, car respiratory demand, metabolic demand, competition, right? Is it is it open chain and closed chain? Am I upside down? Right? You know, what I mean, how I'm getting there matters, and I don't think we celebrate the success because if I my 500 meter road time goes down a split, and I lift the same on the other side, that's improvement. So that means I'm handling the same relative load under a much higher aerobic demand. And that's a good way of still making progress. And what you figured out, and I hope people listen to this who are masters, is that you can rate limit yourself, or we call environmental constraint, in a clever way where you're working your ass off, but it's not only I make it heavier and, and you know, the the lifting ladders at the games are my favorite competitions. I think it's the highest expression of really legit coordination athleticism. Part of that is you get to, they have to do that under ascending weights. Okay, we all understand that. But you have to get organized very quickly and kind of, you know, self assemble into an organized position as you've jumped over the bar and raced. And that in itself is a skill. Right. Like, that's one of the things that I think is so cool. I'm like, look at how fast. They got into position at the Olympics. You're like, they walk out and they organize and right. they belt and someone slaps them on the shoulder. And like I'm like, Haley Adams is coming for you. You better you know rip, grip it and rip it. Right. So what I'm saying is that there's so many ways where we can continue to redefine progress besides is there another plate on there or not? Because one kilo, no one gives a shit. Yeah. The, the
0: other thing I've done recently to, to make myself measure progress differently is I've turned the clock off. So in that same workout, the clock's running but it's not my judge of success. Like, I know how long 15 cows on a ski arc should take me when I'm hauling ass or even when I'm just lollygagging it. I know how long this 10 press are going to take, and, you know, I can figure it out before I ever go into the workout.
1: Oh, so it's known and knowable is what you're saying? Well, meaning
0: I've done it enough that, yeah, i got a pretty damn good sense of how yeah, long it should take me, right. right? Like, And if you don't, you're a kind of a shitty programmer. Or you're a beginner. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah, or a beginner. So I turn the clock off, and for me it's more about how – how good were the quality of those reps at the ends? Like I did that workout the other day and my last clean was terrible. And so I redid it. I took a minute, took 60 seconds, stepped away from the bar, did it again. And, and then I looked at the clock and said, how long did it take me?
1: How do we, how do we measure, and it's really a great open-ended question, how do we measure subjectively that quality of that? Because, you know, early on, the thing that got our attention was the intensity and the early competition. So you and I going head-to-head was magic. At our gym a long time ago, we stopped writing everyone's names and times on the board because that's what we ended up, we ended up valuing that if that's what was there. And so I think we stepped on a rake a little bit. It It served us and then it didn't serve us as well. And so it really is for people to be able to say, how do I feel? How is my technique? Was I able to maintain my technique while someone poured gasoline on me and I was being chased by wolves? That's pretty awesome. And it is hard to have some of this subjective technique, especially the interoception. Are you feeling your foot pressure was there or I was able to be technically proficient? That's, that's the next level. And the other thing you can do, which my wife hates but I love, and since I'm the chief programmer in the family, I program a lot of open-ended pieces. So once wattage drops or intensity is down, I see people, st- like I'm standing around, I'm like, I'm done. Or you know, my speed is lost. So I'm shooting, so, you know, I program for some kids, uh, a couple kids going to the Olympics the last couple of months, and I do a lot of things that are speed-based. So if it's three to five reps, if they get to rep two and the speed is done, we're done on this set. And so sometimes it's five, five, three, 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 not because they failed, but because they've lost the the stimulus. So there's so much richness in this programming by which we can leave these open-ended pieces. And, or once we've this, the sort of minimum adaptation has been met, we're good. But also, if the frying pan's hot, we cook, we go. It's not always shorter. I'm like, oh, we're, we're doing more rounds here. Right. Yeah, it's,
0: I don't know. I find it harder and harder as I've gotten older to program for myself. So I like going to my gym and have someone else do it oh, for so me. Oh, so fun. But I also would like to see gyms focus more on what you're describing here, which is, you know, I think often you go into a gym and everyone is scoring the same. Meaning the the prize is, how did I stack rank? Let me look at the board and see the 20 names and did I beat my three buddies. Right. And it doesn't matter how old you are, no. people are doing it. And I would love to see more gyms just wipe that out for a while. And, you, know, you still have to do it. So don't get me wrong. I think it's critical to we, still do we it. We do
1: the open. We test. We have test days where we're going to say we've been studying all semester. Right. Now is the final and it turns out you didn't learn anything. Right. <laughs> right? You yeah. reverted to your shitty self as soon as the clock went. You went clock blind is what we call it. And um, so, you know, I think you're right. But also these things are not... There are normal expressions of a maturing system where people are starting to really understand. You have to understand how far we've come in a decade. We really have come far. The movement quality of our athletes on the field is really extraordinary. And if you really want to see, compare Freddie Camacho's overhead squat to what you're seeing in the oh, Masters today. Oh, poor Freddie. Oh I? oh, I have known Freddie forever. I love Freddie. I do but, too,
0: and you're right. It's over his squats, but s- especially
1: <laughs> since he's just called himself out right now. He just, told, you know, so I know, my I my point that. is, I'm shout out to him. Um, we miss you, Freddie. And but the you know what we've seen is that technique has been a gateway to improve performance and technical proficiency. We just didn't make that case because we were still in the beginner gains mode, right? And and beginner gains are fun, but we used to be rate limited by being. Weak and slow and unskilled. That ship has passed. When's the last time you saw someone vomit in the gym?
0: Oh, God. It's been forever.
1: I asked someone, do you know what puke the Clown is? They're like, yeah, it's kind of like this weird mascot. I was like, why do people puke? They're like, I don't know. I was like, because people barfed in the gym every day. Oh, yeah, I remember those days. Every yeah. day. And because the intensity so high, uh, that ship has sailed. So if no one's barf, I mean, something's changed. And what's changed is now we're starting to be skilled. We're starting to be strong. And that means we're also not as protected by being so incompetent. Now we have this exposure that's as a function of the fact that people are legit. They are really putting out a ton of wattage and a ton of poundage. Oh, yeah. So what do you think about these
0: teens coming? You briefly talked about it, you know, not being dangerous, but wanting to see what the data looks like. Like, I watched the teens two nights ago and watched Olivia snatch 202, you know, 15 years old, snatching 200 pounds. Like... You know, I know you think you you're constantly thinking in human performance. What do you, what do you see the future for them five six
1: years from now? Does it worry you at all? Snatching or a million pounds, so yeah. just it's just a linear progression. Um, so you know, m- both my daughters CrossFit, right? They they both, but they CrossFit for sport, to be better at their sports. Right. Um, you know, and sometimes in the middle of water polo season, we don't need to do a lot of MetCon. <laughs> I just work on. You know, power snatches and overhead squats and deadlifts. You know, they, they, you know what I mean. And sometimes I'm like, "Oh, season's over. Time to get back on the juice." So meet, meet the assault bike again, right? I think what you're going to see is we need to define like a sport and and apply the same sort of level of rules that we we would apply towards gymnasts. Do we all think it's weird that there are 18 year old gymnasts who are all four feet tall and stunted and right, right, or any other sport where there are young people and Again, I think it's what we have to do is say, okay, at this elite level, are you making an adult conversation with your parents about the potential downstream effects on your physiology that we're not sure about yet? And again, maybe we're totally wrong. There's no change. But we have enough metrics. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're our age demographic, you have kids that are this age, if your daughter doesn't get her period, she should not be crossfitting at an elite level. Let me say that again. If your daughter is not getting her period, you should, she should not be engaged. And that is a f- red flag of health. That may be a real typical thing that, uh, you know, belt on ring. There's something called relative energy deficiency syndrome, reds. And what we see is that if kids under eat, under sleep, under rest, you're, you're stealing from, you know, Peter to pay Paul. And eventually, as one of our elite coaches in cycling says, you cannot cheat your physiology. You cannot cheat your physiology. So, I think it can be done well, but the same way. Would you let your daughter only do Olympic lifting and or only play soccer elite six hours a day? Well, kids are doing that. When what happens? Well, I think we've got that data. So let's just apply right. that data over. But I think we're seeing a generation of young kids who are really sophisticated. They eat food, they recover because they can't do the kinds of things. So you know, I, I would just say there are some metrics we need to know. I, I would even go far to say, hey, let's get a blood panel. What's going right. on?
0: So, your daughters are playing water polo?
1: They are water polo.
0: Dude, I watched water polo last night for Mm. the first time. Men or women? uh, Women. And it was Hungary versus U.S. Hungary Mm. won, by the way. Spoiler alert for anyone listening.
1: Uh, Hungary, you know, they basically invented water polo. Dude. And you know how good the women are?
0: They're mean. That's how good they are. The,
1: the, the, The U.S. women are one of the most dominant water polo teams in the history of the world. What was the score?
0: Oh, it was high. Well, I'm assuming it's high. It was like ten to nine, something like that. I don't oh know no! I
1: mean, they just battled it out, point to point. Yeah, yeah. That that's a battle. Um, I think what we we get into is a greater, great, interesting conversation about what does it mean to have a physical practice. You know, one of the things that I want people to do is get out of the gym. We fell in love with the CrossFit community. It's my tribe. I can fit it into work. I can, you know, I people are coming to our garage. But you forgot why you were training, and usually the training is training for something. So, you know, I m- my daughters play actual sports, right? right? Cause, and I'll say this again: right. pull-ups are a poor surrogate for sport. Right. You can turn and... I can throw you and I can throw turn throwing rocks into a, a can as sport, and I'll win because I'm not competitive. But you know what? What we can be doing with CrossFit then is tweaking it a little bit so it's not so recursive that the only way I well my pull-ups went down this week I must be a bad person. Right. And that's easy to fall in, right? Where suddenly I can be saying especially if I have another sport, how is my crossfitting going? Well, I'm so blown out I can't do a sport. That's a problem. How's my crossfitting going? Well, I'm getting faster at my sport. I'm actually having this third-party validation. And we lost that message. You know, Greg's original message was in and out in 45 to 55 minutes. In the CrossFit Journal, he says, he noticed that the athletes who got in and out the fastest had the best success. The intensity was high. They didn't do a lot of messing around. But that's not where we are right now. Like the training, We've just fallen right into this trap of training volume. And, and to be an elite, they have a lot of things they need to do. That's why I say UFC, CrossFit, and mountain biking are the hardest sports in the world right now. There's so many skills you have to be good at. So what i'm suggesting for people is to say how can you value or how you judge and for my kids i have this you know hand-eye coordination they get contact in the water huge aerobic base because most of the athletes out here come out of some kind of aerobic tradition you know tia has been an aerobic monster her whole life and it's not an accident that you see her still destroying people in this aerobic monsterdom so I, I, I think we're at an age now where we've appropriately matured. So now let's go Let's go spend some credits. Let's go see what we can do. It's weird that we've only had three Olympians in the history of CrossFit. Is this kind of weird? It's a little weird. Yeah, I think it's weird.
0: I want to know what your daughters mean like those women I watched last night. Dude, they were drowning each other. It was brutal. Uh, it's,
1: it's not drowning. It's more like <laughs> tactical. It was like headlocks. Apnea.
0: I've never seen oh, that. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was Fun to watch though. Like I'm like I think she's trying to drown her. Like oh, yeah. really like, grabbing her by the like, collar yep. of her swimsuit. So that, her that's under. called
1: whole set. The the woman who's in the front of the goalie that position. And um, my daughter plays whole set and right. defends whole set. And it's there's there's not an accent that um, my my daughter. Um, you know we came back from Thailand after a family trip before the COVID shutdown and. Uh, George is like, hey, I think I'm interested in tie, And I was like, I think it's really going to help your water (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so cool. It's so cool that you, uh, you know, again, I think sometimes, you know, one of the things that we don't get to measure very much is how much better coordination. So a lot of the gains we think I'm getting stronger or raw physiology, it doesn't matter. Like, turn your feet out, go up and down a whole bunch. You got, yo, you have abs now, you're fit, Right. And what I want people to appreciate is that we're working so hard on teaching more coordination and sophistication and efficiency and economy here. Those are part of the benefits that should be then expressed or tested outside.
0: You touched on something that just always makes me laugh. People ask, oh, you've been doing CrossFit for 10 years? Do you have abs? How are your abs? Like that's the measure. I know. That's the biggest measure of fitness for most people. Do you have abs?
1: Yeah, well, you know, they learn that for a reason, and that's called industrial fitness. So open up your Instagram. Have we, have we played the Instagram game yet?
0: No, but trust me, I, this is a complaint of mine all the time. And, and CrossFit athletes, by the way, are equally susceptible to this. Every photo, I, I was laughing. I don't remember who the photo was the other day. It was a bunch of athletes, and got their arms around each other. And these guys are flexing their abs so hard, I'm positive at least two of them passed out before the photo was done. It's a
1: form of porn.
0: Yeah, it's it gone. absolutely is.
1: I'm looking at sweaty, naked bodies. And if someone just came down from another culture and was like, oh, you have men in little tiny shorts or sweat, they're like, they're like, okay, I know a lot about you, Kelly. And uh, that's fine. But um, so here's the test. Open up your Instagram. Go to the Explorer icon and see what the algorithm thinks is important to you. And so I did this with Matt Vincent, my, one of my best friends who's a World Highland Games champion. And he's like, wow, apparently I'm just into hunky dudes and jack girls. And it was hundreds of posts of hunky dudes and jack girls. And like, all of it is just skin flicks. And I was like, well, that's, that's apparently all you look at, Matt. You're mine not is, a
0: very interesting person. Mine is that and guitars. Oh, I love it. Tons of guitars.
1: I have cat videos.
0: I have cat videos too. I have a lot of cat yeah.
1: videos. Um, this is an aside, but important because um, I was showing doing this test last night because I think it 's really insightful about what it is you 're looking at because if you 're part of the perpetuation of i 'm fetishizing this body image th- that 's part of your thing and it's totally okay to have apps you know um, but i 'm sort of mini obsessed with owning a raccoon, and i 'm talking about the raccoon videos and and where my family 's obsessed, and we we watch all these things and share them with the girls. And at dinner last night, this guy goes, well, I have a raccoon. And I was like, what the hell? Like, you, you have a raccoon? He's like, yeah, I've had a raccoon. So he's like, yeah, yeah you know, no big deal. Like, Just like everyone has a raccoon. So anyway, I'm, what I'm pointing out is that if you play this game, you might be surprised at what you learn about your compatriots. When, when are you getting a raccoon? It's, uh, if one comes into our life, it's possible that we'll have a raccoon. Can you imagine the supple raccoon? Like,
0: uh, Yeah, the supple raccoon the, would be the amazing. The raccoon
1: porn that would come out <laughs> of it. You know, um Moist Buddha. I don't know if you follow Moist oh, Buddha. Oh, I love Moist Buddha. One of my... I have a few... I was a meme on Make Watts Great Again, which really was like a, a important moment for me. Um, and then Moist Buddha pinned one of my comments. And I was like... Uh, even like I had friends in other countries who were like, dude, you're, you're a pinned comment on Moist Buddha. Like, you've made it. And I'm like, I can just drop. I walk away. I'm done. But they made a really good point. They're like... And this is what I think is also... I'll bring this back to fitness in a second. Someone... the the post they commented on or put up was that like 50 years ago, if you wanted a picture of a raccoon, you needed to go to the library or you owned a raccoon. But now, if you want to see a picture of a raccoon with a funny hat, you can do that anytime you want. And um, the accessibility of all of this information makes it so that we have lost the narrative of what's important, what should we track, And we are at what I'm going to call peak industrial fitness, which is peak industrial shittiness of fitness, CBD nail polish, you know, this shred, these short gains, internet gurus selling shit, you know, it's really hard to understand where to go. And, you know, so we come back to, well, you must be fit because you have abs.
0: Dude, I get so many offers from companies that have shitty products. And, you know, I was laughing internally when you were saying CBD nail polish because it's that kind of stuff.
1: It really you know? is. Like hey. I'm not kidding. Like MCT toothpaste. I'm like, really? Yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's crazy. And uh, Nikki and I have a really strict policy that we don't, A, we don't take on any sponsors or advertisers that we haven't tried and used their products personally and really believe in them. Yeah. You know, it's just like because of that, because there's so much crap out there.
1: It's, it's okay to have something awesome and sell it to people. Totally okay. But, you know, there's. it feels a little bit like the Wild West a little bit. So, you know, I, I can see why from the outside – our tribe, um, we don't say that anymore, our community um, can feel a little like you don't understand what's going on. Like those people are maniacs there, you know, like really, truly. Uh, you know, I, I've been to a couple conventions lately, and then here I am walking around the CrossFit Games, and I'm like, look at these cyborgs. Like, where are all these people from? Where where are their horses getting so sick? Because there are a bunch of jack dudes here that are amazing that I'm like, dude, i, I you know, can I have your
0: body? <laughs> it could be anyone here, and I'd say that at this age. Apparently,
1: yeah. it works. It works every time.
0: Yeah, it does work every time. Well, the good news is, uh, you know, CrossFit's still addressing this, you know, kind of wild west problem you're mentioning. I mean, you're here for that. CrossFit Health doing seminars today.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the glacial pace is the breakneck pace. This is how long it takes to make fundamental change in systems. And if you want proof positive that there's something right. Come to the CrossFit Games. Watch the teens move. Watch the masters move. Does this hold true across cohorts? Look at how people are interacting. Um, It's really—it's an extraordinary, extraordinary people who are into this physical culture, and it it feels different than other physical cultures. Um, If you've ever run a Spartan race, that's a pretty incredible. Culture of people who are supportive and amazing, but I'd say right here, it's it really does feel like a big family union right now. So I'm test driving my um my vaccine. I am um I'm I'm totally going to say I think you should get vaccinated. I think it's uh, a way. It's a personal decision, like washing your hands in a restaurant, I guess. But um, you know, here I'm like I've been able to hug friends. We've been shut off. It really feels like I've taken a big quenching of my soul.
0: Right. Oh, I've hugged so many people. I was just joking with someone. I'm I not
1: to, I've been licking door handles <laughs> just to get ready for
0: this week. <laughs> I'm not a hugger. I'm notoriously not a hugger, Too right? Like, as a matter of fact, I've been told forever. I've been people make fun of me. They call me Johnny Half Hug because I just do the one arm around the shoulder thing. But it's flaccid hug. But yeah, but since we've you know we're kind of on the back end, or it feels like the back end pelvis of the pandemic. The and yeah, well now now that I'm vaccinated, I like I'm just meeting random strangers. I was on the street. <laughs> Not that, uh, a few weeks ago at a semi, and I ran into uh, Justin Medeiros' mom. And I don't know her. I don't know her at all, dude. And, but, and she called me by name. She's like, John, you're Make Watch right? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm Miss Medeiros. And I'm like, you're Justin's mom. And I just instinctively hugged her. You know, I'm like, well, I guess I'm Justin's dad now. That's, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, she
1: is the, I mean, she is the, like, Mother Mary is that is that
0: yeah well she's the sweet she was the sweetest woman, but I just felt weird to me like because she is a stranger to me and just and, I've been, and' since then I've been hugging strangers here all week like do you just need to break the seal it's great, break the seal it is great I'm with you, like I tell people to get vaxxed. So I got mine obviously, and you know I get it people are gonna make their choices, do what you want to do, but
1: yeah, I just uh you know it, it is interesting just to be political here, you know there's no mass mandate, there's no proof vaccination. We know athletes are being sent home, and I think if we made a decision to not ask those of people, we need to stop testing our athletes for COVID. I think it's an unfair burden on those athletes, potentially because they can't control some of the exposure of the community, and it's a whole year of, you know, one of our athletes just got sent home from the Olympics, Sam Kedricks. Uh, He's the reigning world champion pole vaulter and bronze medalist last year, and he doesn't get to compete because he tested positive. And those are the rules. But they're doing pretty strict. I, you know, for me here, and again, I'm not putting on this event. I don't have any control. It's very complicated, and I know it's sensitive. But if we're not screening, I feel like we need to stop sc- testing our athletes for COVID because there's some things they can't control. And for have to be sort of unfairly have this burden from the other side. You know, maybe we'll never have this conversation again, but the short of it is, people like Carrie, who are so amazing, and Bethany, going home, it's its heartbreaking, because the amount of work that doesn't get consummated, it's really gnarly.
0: Yeah, it is, it is there's a weird, feels like a double standard, like, because of the, everyone has such access, like, you know, I have the press pass, and they te- either test you, or you have to bring in your Vax card. But then I've been walking around, contact with athletes, contact with people, like, Nobody else you know all the spec none of the spectators have been tested, so like what did it matter if I was No, no one else is either right, and you again
1: you know I don't want to cast stones because it's uh it's to pull this off in this environment oh yeah Absolutely. and to have these athletes have, it's just always a shame when uh when you know something like you know that takes you out of the competition because it is you know it's so hard to get here um these athletes honestly live some austere lives, you know, and we even saw with Matt Fraser that he was, it was a life he wasn't willing to lift Didn't lift anymore. You know, that cost him so much personally to, to work that hard, you know, and, and, you know, good on him for saying, I want my life back.
0: Look, I, I think people think these athletes can do this forever. And the reality is there's no guarantee to get back. Well, there's no guarantee carry. I'll ever get back here nope. ever, you know, and, and their lives, you said it, are every bit as hard as NFL athletes and professional baseball. Oh, well, I would say harder and, yeah. without the support. Yeah, so, you know, if you get a 10 year career, it's a damn miracle. Yeah. Miracle. It
1: really uh, It brings up an interesting You know, we did a little, you know, I work with Mayhem on programming and they're partners of our, of Ready State. And uh, just, you know, I've known Rich for a long time and uh, just sat down with him after I was out there for our training with Rich Camp, and just, you know, what do you think makes you so durable? Because what we should be doing is looking at some of our athletes who have been around for a minute and just say, hey, what's going on? And I know there's some genetics in there and some other things that I don't have. I've gotten the wrong, chose the wrong parents. I should have been, a, you know, a Rich Froning junior Jr. But, um... I think what you'll see is that the best practices are starting to pop up, and hopefully we can disseminate that. So we can turn CrossFit into the greatest living laboratory of all time, and we have, but now we need to consummate that promise and actually take this science and actually apply it towards the humanities, which we're starting to do now. I know. I, me too. I'm, I'm really trying. Like, uh, I mean, if, if I could have a... Um, like a totem animal, spirit animal. It's like Tasha and Haley together. Like they're the one.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, Rich Sr. walking around here yesterday. And he has a fine collection of cut-off camo shirts. It's impressive. Really. I love
1: that, man. Um, you know, when I showed up, he was like, no one told me you were coming. He's all pissed. I love that guy. You know, I, th- this is a sign of my age. Um, I was like, what are those glasses you're wearing? And he had like tactical bifocals on. Which allow you because I have reading glasses now, and uh, he changed my life because you can have these glasses that you can drive with, and then you can look down through the bifocal and actually read the map. And I was suddenly like, "Whoa!" So, Rich Froning, you know, senior, thanks, man, you changed my life. What's got it going on. Might do
0: that. Come on, man, you gotta gotta get with the glasses program.
1: I, evidently, I'm new to the new, new to the new to the block, but I'm a 1.5. Yeah,
0: well, I can't see shit, so. I'm just blind as hell. And you can't fix that. You're good at a lot of stuff, Kelly, but you can't fix my eyes. I'm trying. I'm trying. Unless you have some sort of eye stretch I don't know about. uh, Have
1: you uh, voodoo flossed your eyes yet?
0: I have not. I I tried to stick a lacrosse ball in there once, but (laughs) I didn't Um, didn't work for sure. We've seen
1: people get rid of some weird shit with some weird shit they do. And, you know, we don't often talk about some of the weird shit that comes through, but we see some weird shit. People really want to tell us about their weird shit. I'm like, hey, that's super cool. I'm so glad that you're, uh, you know...
0: All right. So before we wrap up, what's what's next for Ready State? What are you guys working
1: on? Uh, Julie and I just signed a rad book deal with this agent, this book uh, publisher called Knopf, um, called Built to Move. We're working on that, and what we're really trying to do is um, take what we're learning that isn't exercise, that isn't diet per se, but saying, hey, what are the what are the bedrock principles that humans? How do we rewild? Our nation, because I think what's happening is we see this community that's starting to fig- really figure it out has agency, and then we see everyone else who doesn't feel like they are, you know, haven't been invited to the party. So we're trying to sort of spread the love. This is what CrossFit has done for us. This is what we understand in our sports and human performance, and then let's let's actually reach out to other people, but be agnostic. This isn't an exercise book or a keto book. And then you know, there's this seems to be no end of awesome work out there. There's you know, right now we're seeing um, there's been sort of a retirement of a lot of coaches and we're seeing the next generation of young coaches come up and they are really progressive and really enlightened and super smart and very sophisticated. So doing dope shit with dope people, that's, uh, that's the goal.
0: Very good goal. So two things. got to let me do a meme forward for your book. I think that'd be epic. Oh. And is it, it is it is it too late to change the name to the Supple Raccoon? It can't be too late.
1: It, well, you know, I'm not sure it captures the same essence, but... Uh you know, they do have those little hands.
0: They do. They have little hands. They like to steal shit. It's great.
1: It is. Maybe it's a, It's probably a closer analogy to my fitness than yeah. the they'll, leopard. They'll
0: eat anything you give them. Yeah,
1: dude. I'm right in there. You're, like, you're right. Started as kind of a fat raccoon. I think it'd be perfect. Yeah. Well, I, they have more hair than I do, so it's even sadder. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Always a pleasure
1: to, uh, to sit in the back of this van and to watch the world go by with you is a pleasure. Keep, Keep you and Nicole. I told Nicole I just ran to her, and I mean, it's... Like I said, moist Buddha, look at this Russian, you know, uh, kook slams, you guys.
0: You know, I'll... Uh,
1: Heavy in my rotation.
0: Have you ever delivered a baby? Because she's close. We could probably get her to push it out. You could... It'd be an epic story.
1: That would be... I have not delivered... A, it's a hole in my coaching recipe.
0: Just go get some floss. Yeah, that's all we you need, this. really. And a lacrosse ball. That's I, all
1: you need. Well, your kid, your baby's not coming out? Let me floss that belly. Yeah, you we'll got be fine. you. Amazing. I'll make sure I will just knows. say, if you if you know what we're talking about, obviously Nicole is with child, and it is so fucking punk rock that she is the commentator on the field beautiful woman pregnant i'm like show me another sport that has so much legitness that we're like oh yeah our commentator she can still out deadlift you and she's you know doing 2 weeks and she's on the floor being our voice like i am like viva lacrosse dude she here's how tough
0: nikki is so when they were putting together the the teams here to do media
1: they're like nikki we're just not
0: sure you should you know we don't care but we're not sure you should because you're so far along she's like the hell, I'm not. I'm going to be there. Like, have my mic ready. I'm coming. <laughs> she was not going to be denied. Oh,
1: and she shouldn't. I she, mean, you know, I think that's really what, that's an allegory for we've set the bar really low. And um, I just think if you want right now a, a picture of who we are and how tenacious and durable we are as a community, take a look at where our community is now after a really gnarly two years of a lot of change and a lot of consolidation at the top at the affiliate level, athletes training alone, there is Nikki. I'm like, boom, just bird, bird to the world, because it's so, again, it's the most punk rock thing I've seen at the whole game. She's a badass. That's why we love her. It's true. That's why we love her. Thank All you, right. sir. Thanks for
0: joining. For everyone listening, I appreciate you guys being with us, and I'll chat with you soon.